Hello! It's another special Be Kind Rewind episode of Second Chance Cinema. Just a little message saying there's cursing, we spoil the movies, and we talk about whatever comes up. This is episode 13, recorded in November of 2018. Thank you for listening. On to the show. His squad is in the house! Yes, party time! All right now, baby, all right! 60 minutes falls out! Let's open up the whole can of kick ass and kill them all! Let the paramedics sort them out! Raise up Bear Claw Stinger! Ready? Bulldogs coming to the line of scrimmage. T-Wolves and their standard 4-3. Hey, 23! Don't think I don't recognize you, you poo-butt motherfucker! Hey, pay attention when I'm talking to you, nigga! What? You're the guy who shot my mother, aren't you? Shut up, man. You knew I never knew your mother. You were trying to steal a fucking car, you cocksucker. Where did I turn? You didn't think I was going to find you, did you? But I got you now, nigga. I'm going to bust your gut open and watch you die. Block pitches to Tyler, sweeping left. Say your prayers. Mac cuts him off. Oh, shit. Come back here, you little pussy. All right, welcome back, everyone. We just had about a 10-minute battle with the microphone cords. Um, Figured it out. It's only been about, what, like two weeks since we last recorded? It's probably like the least amount of time. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> between shows previously, it's been like at least a month, and somehow we just screwed it up this time. We weren't able to remember where the cords went, but we figured it out. Mm-hmm. And we apologize for the last episode, the Virtuosity episode, not for the content so much, because that was gold, but for the audio issues, we later realized we'd experience after we parted ways. Right. Yeah, so, you, you guys missed out. It was gold. <laughs> there were some good haikus, which I think got cut out. I'm, I'm pretty sure I wrote them down and didn't throw them away, so if I can find them, I'll add them to the description. Nice little five-second episode. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so, All right, so for today's episode, we are in the spirit of college football season. Now, Spro, are you – I forget, are you a college football fan at all? I am not. Okay, you're a Browns guy. I'm a professional football. Okay, it's, so. It hurts me too much to watch like a college football player get hurt and then uh-huh. you know like their lives are ruined. True. I mean, possibly true. It happened um, in this movie, and it, it definitely hurt, did. It hurt the same kind of hurt. Happened in this movie. Happened in Varsity Blues. Happened in <clears throat> Friday Night Lights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It seems to be a bit of a, a trope when it comes Remember to football Remember the Titans. Movies. Who got hurt and remember the Titans? The dude. He went in the hospital. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Bertier. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, so this movie is a college football movie that's kind of gone under the radar. And that's why we picked it for the show because Second Chance Cinema is basically a look at films that are kind of one of two things. Number one, they've either gone under the radar, even though they're pretty awesome, in our opinion. Or number two, they have been met with what we feel is unjust criticism. And they are, in fact, awesome. Right. right, and movies that you should revisit if you haven't revisited. True, because a lot of these are older. We probably saw them when we were younger, and now they kind of have a bit of a more a bit more meaning behind them, or at least are more enjoyable. Especially so. this one, which we will get into. There's yeah. a lot to unpack here. Hey, that's my line, man. Come on, there's a lot to unpack here. I told you before. I said that to my therapist the other day, and he was like, "Wow, that's really good." So I'm gonna keep using that. There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> Maybe that could be the tagline of the show, Second Chance Cinema. There's a lot to unpack here. They could, because we right. unpacked the microphones today, and there was a we lot. We did, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure did. Okay, so this movie, we'll get right into it, is from 1993. The only names in it that I can recall are James Caan and Christy Swanson. Oh, Christy. And Halle Berry. Oh, Halle Berry. And Omar right. Epps. Eh. Omar Epps isn't a name. Eh, he's, debatable. He's on I mean, house. Omar, ah, uh, 
He's I, on, okay, okay. He's I mean, in another movie though that I don't know. I want to visit, which is Higher Learning. Have you seen that one? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got some thoughts about Higher Learning. <laughs> I maybe, feel like that deserves a look. Yeah, that would probably be. Maybe we should take a few take a few breaths, considering the Gremlins Two podcast, uh, and wait until we do Higher Learning because I feel like that's going to touch a lot of the same types of issues. I mean, I I enjoy the <laughs> hell out of this podcast because I keep getting to revisit Christy Swanson. Like, if we want to throw Buffy the Vampire Slayer back in there. Oh, because we did the chase, yep. and was there another one? No, I, okay. I just still remember her from the chase. Christy Swanson in this movie, a little bit different than the Christy Swanson we're used to. Mm-hmm. She's this sporty spice. Yeah, it's also kind of like TA or substitute teacher spice with all the blazers <laughs> and such. Well, that's it was funny because as I was watching it, I was like, so 90s fashion mm. really doesn't change for guys much. You know, because they're all wearing button downs. Maybe they tuck in their shirts a little more than we do now. A lot of web leather belts. Women. Oh. Oh. Oy. Oy vey. There's a lot of applique vests and <laughs> pleated, pleated pants. pants and blazers and all sorts of things. Sadly, so, I just found out pleated pants probably in the last five years. Don't do it. I just found that out. Oh, I've never never been a big fan of the pleats. Oh, okay. So, so in case you haven't guessed, this movie that we're going to be talking about is The Program, which is a, it's a tale of more than college football, though it's big based around the central plot of a college football season and the players, the coaches, and the other characters who interact with them. And rated R, right? Yep. So it's sort of not your... I was going to say Varsity Blues, but that was rated R too, wasn't it? Was it? Or oh, PG-13? Maybe, because of that whipped cream bikini I could see. I that thought... Being, uh, and no, because scene. there was a lot... Yeah, <laughs> Varsity Blues was rated R. It there had, had to be, yeah. Because there was a lot of F-words too, and yeah. And I, I think, think even like a more convincing rated R. I did not know this was rated R until I popped this in last night. And then I didn't realize how much swearing there was. Oh, yeah. Because I saw this when I was 11. And back in the day, swearing was not swearing, as big of a deal as steroids. Rape, alcohol. Lot to unpack. Lot to unpack. (laughs) So yeah, the program. Um, So the first thing we're going to do, like we we tend to do on the show, is play the trailer for the movie. And during the trailer, we're each going to write a traditional Japanese poem called the haiku, which was uh, actually discovered through a meteorite that landed in Japan with a haiku attached. I don't know what it said. Nobody does. But they could tell it was haiku, and that's where they were born from. Fact. Okay. Fact. Tell your students that. (laughs) And um, we're going to write a haiku that has to do with the film and come back and read them and then start to unpack. So here is the trailer for 1993's The Program. For Joe Kane, winning was everything. Did you feel any additional pressure this week? We try to block it out, but it's basically impossible. You gonna lead us to the promised land? Oh yeah, I'm gonna lead. Can you boys follow me? But the game was just the start of the battle. They're talking about how good I am under pressure. Oh! Oh, no pressure, no pressure! Look at me, boy. I need you. Thought we might take a little ride. Are we going on that? No cowboy stuff. No! Guys, they look to me because they think I'll do anything. I'm wondering why you never came to any of my games. Maybe I didn't want to see you get all excited, all pumped up with pride. I knew one day it all come crashing down. My dad, my uncles, my brothers, we're just a bunch of drunks. You don't have to be like them. I had to agree to send you to rehab. Why don't you fix this like you fix everything else? You get out of here before I knock the piss out of you. This is my program, and I'll decide who plays you have a phone call? I don't want to talk to her right now. You can do what you have to do to play. 
the Samuel Goldman Company and Touchstone Pictures present a story of what it takes to fight the pressure. I said he's gonna be all right. Face the pain. You're the man, Joe. And survive. The program. That was a good preview. That was a good preview. That actually, I, I mean, I don't remember that for anything, but that gave away quite a bit of the plot because I had a feeling it was just going to be like a football, 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 <laughs> cursing, motorcycles, hairlines, and stuff like that. But they get into his alcoholism. They get into the, um, I guess they didn't mention the steroids in the trailer, but. Not really. I mean, they show Ladmer putting on the skull face oh, mask. Oh, right, okay. And then they end the trailer with the, the Rudy trope of one player is raised up into the air. Okay. And he's celebrating as the crowd goes wild. Okay. Um, which I've never seen, I don't think, in real life. Um, I've never seen like the one player, like the quarterback raised in the air to be on everybody's shoulders. and The closest it gets, I think, is like in basketball. Or no, I guess in football when they run and jump into like the arms of another player and then everybody just kind of crowds around. But I don't think it's ever that like... This is the guy. Yeah, it's never this that... This is the man. It's never that like decided or deliberate is the word <laughs> but anyway so the program so the program takes place at a fictional university did you want to do your haiku oh yeah <laughs> duh sorry okay you want me to go first i'll go first all right you go ahead because i i always like yours better oh, okay well i like yours so oh, okay. that works for both so of i us. got joe kane is good name mm-hmm. Lattimore is gigantor mm-hmm. yeah christy swanson yeah that works okay i have Hut hut downset hike. <laughs> Quarterback, Christy Swanson, both huge shoulder pads. I'm not gonna let that go because the shoulder pads in this film are just egregious. They are. The shoulder pads and the bare midriffs. Because they're the worn by sho- guy and girl alike. That's true. That's true. That is true. These shoulder pads strike me in the same way that and this is a deep cut. That movie He's Just Not That Into You. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Connolly's eyebrows in that movie. <laughs> strike me in the same way that Christy Swanson's shoulder pads strike me from this movie. I can see that. Revisit it if you haven't, and you won't be able to look away. I promise. (laughs) So anyway, so this movie takes place at the fictional university, which I believe was uh, EMU. ECU. ECU. Eastern, what was it, like Eastern Central University or something weird like that? Oh, wait, no, I got it right here. It is, oh, ESU. ESU, that's right. Eastern... Eastern State, maybe? Well, Wikipedia's not my friend right now. It's a fictional Division One FBS right. college football. Which was interesting to me because it was a completely fictional school, and they played teams like Michigan, I remember, mm-hmm. and there was another one. I forget if it was like Purdue or something, but they, they intermingled with legitimate teams, which was kind of cool, which was different than like any given Sunday when it's just like the fictional league or the replacements where it was all just made-up teams. Well, and that's the NFL. Like the NFL apparently is, is horrible to get their trademark oh really from yeah uh, that's why concussion was such a big movie is because they actually allowed them to talk about pittsburgh steelers and whatnot for such a controversial topic wow i never knew that i, I, I that movie was great i thought mm-hmm. but, but yeah uh, no and the in uh it was the miami sharks yep. any given sunday yep. is what i remember and, and the then washington uh, sentinels the yeah. last boy scout was the stallions okay do you remember the last boy scout billy blanks yeah yep hey life up bitch and that's what, like, this movie begins just like when, you know, a rainy football game. Yeah, that's and so, right. And <laughs> like, them that's all, right, like, yeah. putting their fists in the mud and whatnot. Yep. So I was like, ooh, somebody going to pull a gun? So it's sort of, a bitch. <clears throat> this was an interest. like, the, all the people in this movie look like they're about 35. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yet this is a college movie. 
and it's it's kind of I mean as I mentioned before the hairlines in this movie are just over the top no pun intended Joe Kane's was Joe Kane's hairline and I don't know the actor's name I don't know what else he's been in I'm sure it's other things even here's I have the cover right here oh look okay. at his look at his hair in the cover oh like my Ace gosh <laughs> oh my gosh he looks like the Nicolas Cage memes <laughs> holy moly yeah anyway so so the program starts with. Uh, I think it starts with Omar Epps' story, right? Like him arriving on campus, or him. Um, I would like. I would say if we're talking about like which uh, Craig Sheffer is Joe Kane's. Okay, really. but the uh, I would say the real story begins with the coach, and the coach is uh, you know he can't get to a bowl game, and so his job is threatened. Okay, yeah. So the coach is James Kahn. and then he goes out to recruit. Oh, that's which right. Which will book on the movie. So he goes out to recruit, and he tries to assemble a good team, and he recruits. Uh, Omar Epps, who's like a star receiver, I think, or no, star running running back, back. and brings him in, and he's sort of like the rookie, the new guy, freshman, all that, so we follow his journey, and then there's also returning quarterback, Joe Kane, who is, I think, a junior in this case, and he's in line to become a Heisman Trophy winner, he's a superstar, but he's also plagued with all kinds of demons, which is... A little bit different take than a lot of the other football movies I've seen. Like the demons in, like for example, I don't know, Varsity Blues. Like Mox's conflict was mostly with like the town he lived in and his upbringing and all that stuff, right? A little bit of racism. Yeah, yeah, more like that. That was sort of like secondary to the plot with like John Voight and the black receiver who right. wouldn't play and all that stuff. So that was like. That was part of it, but yeah, and then um, a lot of the football movies, too, have components of racism. I don't think Remember the Titans did so much, right, <laughs> if I recall? Yeah, no, yeah, that was just so, feel good. But yeah, like Friday Night Lights, but this is the first one where they get into, at least from a player, alcoholism and like abuse and self-harm and all that stuff. They get into steroids real big in this one, like real big. Well, and everybody, what I liked about the program and revisiting and stuff that you know because back when i was 11 when this came out or 12 years old this right. was just a quotable movie like you just you know went on the dodgeball court and was like i'm gonna bust your gun and watch you die damn i know you motherfucker you one got my baby sister pregnant wait till you're around lady where you been huh oh come on don't punk out behind that mask now answer me motherfucker before i peel your cap <laughs> I never, I didn't see this movie until I was older. So oh, really? Oh, I remember yeah. it, and what I remember is one of the things I wanted to talk about was the scene from the trailer, and I don't know if this was in the trailer, but the scene that got cut from the movie mm-hmm. where they lie down in traffic. Right. So that scene, last time I checked, was available on YouTube somewhere. It was like a someone like literally videotaping a TV that was playing a VHS copy or something like that. And that's because you can only find that scene on the Hong Kong copies and the Australian copies. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I've seen it before, and it's basically the scene that well the way it goes is the players like mid-season are are searching for their edge or whatever and they come out of a bar joe kane is self-destructive right joe kane is self-destructive so they come out of a bar they're they're kind of like teasing joe kane about losing his edge and all that stuff and so he decides to go show him what's up and he lays down lies down lays down i forget i don't know his body on he puts his body on the road (laughs) in the middle of traffic great save and he li- uh, he 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 positions himself supine on the pavement while cars are going back and forth, and then the other players join him. Hey, 
gifted passer and a dangerous runner who seems to elevate his game during crunch time. Joe, come on, it's been funny. Let's get out of here. Hey, bud, they're talking about how good I am under pressure. Joe, don't be an asshole. What if somebody drifts or crosses the line to pass? You can't take the heat off the highway. Shit. Come on, they'll hit me first. And the reason they cut it from the movie is because kids started actually trying to do that. Two died. Oh, really? Two died. A bunch were injured. Idiots. <laughs> like, idiots. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad stuff that kids died, but idiots. But, I mean, like, same thing with, you know, when he's standing on the railroad tracks and he dodges the, the train at the last Yeah, that's like, a little bit more, I think that's a little more common of a trope in movies where it's like, at least with, like, action movies where, oh, the last second the train's going to hit and then either unintentionally or, like, through the saving of someone else, they get pulled out of the way. But, but I feel like it's more apparent if you lay down in the middle of the road and then test so your edge. So is lay down. Lay. You are going laser lie. Ah. Maybe lay. No, it's lie if it's a person. Because you lie down, you lay something down. I'm pretty sure. Okay. We'll look into Sweet that. Sweet at us. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll look into that. But yeah, so I'm wondering like how many kids tried the train thing and she did not make it and they were like it's probably not from the program <laughs> yeah i think that's pretty much I, I wouldn't say common but that's definitely been in other movies but the traffic thing was definitely unique to the program and i remember that specifically seeing the trailer on tv when i was a kid it didn't make me want to see the movie so much because i really wasn't into sports at the time but i definitely remember it so basically what happens is the pressures of the football season get to Joe Kane and he starts drinking and drinking and drinking till one day he gets in a bar fight and it makes the news and his reputation gets smeared and the college gets smeared and all that kind of stuff. He's got to go to rehab mm-hmm. and Miss he four games. misses four games. I think they split the games like they win half and they lose half. Mm-hmm. So at the end, they're playing for eligibility in a bowl game. Yep. And he comes back and basically saves the day and wraps it up pretty neatly i would say there are a few kind of ambiguous loose ends but <laughs> i so, think like on purpose though oh I yeah because i didn't realize how well this movie makes you cheer for the team mm-hmm. but in the same instance nobody is a good guy no in this movie they're very very flawed <laughs> characters mm-hmm. um except maybe omar epps he's kind of he's more or less morally sound i think he 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 comes after halle berry who's in a relationship but with his teammate yeah but i mean that's sort of i wouldn't fault him for that but on, no, the, yeah, on the other levels on the other levels there's hey, what's Joe his King. face with the big jaw the big jaw yeah you usually know these these random abraham ben ruby oh uh bud like kaminsky kubiak from parker lewis yeah yeah that guy yeah <laughs> Yeah, he was just kind of there. He really didn't. He really didn't. He was, he was just a filler. He was like the comic relief yeah. without swearing. But like Joe Kane, alcoholic, self-destructive. Latimer, the giant linebacker, was on steroids and was just unhinged and abusive. Even um, the backup quarterback, I think his name was Bobby Collins, was just like a weasel. And he he was trying to nail the coach's daughter and all that kind of cheated on his test cheated on his test and and all that sort of stuff i'm so glad like i thought when i was 12 years old i was gonna grow up to look like him and i'm i'm glad that i did not yeah he kind of looked like to describe him i don't know the actor and probably nobody listening will but he reminded me of like a cowboy that lost his hat i think that's probably the best way (laughs) that is a good way to say it i think that's the best way to describe him he's pretty down on the imdb list i can't find that's okay his name was like betonia so let's talk about Latimer, who's my favorite character from the movie. Well, I I would while we're on the subject of bad guys and character flaws and whatnot, I would say James Caan is probably the oh worst. yeah oh, I mean easily. he is like sweeping everything underneath the rug. Yep. Um, I just listened to a, a, another podcast called Gladiator about Aaron Hernandez mm-hmm. and everything that happened with him and and who was 
who could probably have stopped it before he turned into a drug dealing murderer. Yep. yep. And that surprisingly was Urban Meyer. Yep. Down I, in Florida. I don't. And they were I saying mean, like, yeah, there's a lot of controversy around Urban Meyer, and I think that I mean I'm sure he's. He, I would never call him a perfect coach or anything like that. I don't know what went on at Florida. I didn't really follow that too much, but I know what he just got suspended for at Ohio State. You know, he's definitely got some spots on his record, but... And I don't want to, like, point to... Because it is all over right. college football that, you know... Like, right, that's the, the thing. Coaches is that doing this kind of thing, and that's why... And I think the program is the only movie to really address it in the <clears> manner that it does. And that's why it's so cool. Like, they paint James Caan as a character who, like you said, he's flawed, and he's basically... I would go so far as to say corrupt yeah so but when i saw when 12 year old me saw it i was like oh he's just he's helping everybody out you right. know I'm like yeah Joe yeah he's like why don't you fix this like you fix everything right and it's like now as an adult looking at the movie i'm like oh my gosh he and is- it's and the thing is it's totally believable unfortunately mm-hmm. i guess it's totally believable because there's the part where he has to suspend latimer for steroids because latimer sexually assaulted that girl right who was like the dean's daughter or something like that but the suspension was for a pulled hamstring right they announced <laughs> it as a pulled groin or a pulled hamstring right. or something the dude the cowboy with no hat was cheating in school using the coach's daughter so the coach flips out and as the cowboy with no hat is about to get kicked out of school the coach testifies on his behalf because he needs a backup quarterback right and and the argument he makes is actually really sound he says when's the last time a hundred thousand people showed up to see anyone take a goddamn chemistry test or something like that and there's so many like which in i mean in life like that's like i don't doubt that that maybe not exactly but along those lines has has happened at some point i mean the millions and millions and millions of dollars college football programs bring into the big universities like that's got to be like one of the most ethically and morally twisting situations to right. be in right well and the, you know a lot of this movie takes place in the library because tutors are battling the football players to try and learn things and the football players are like why well, you know i don't have to because i'm i don't have to take these tests or i don't have to be i don't have to pass math zero <laughs> in and, order to play football to be honest like as and i don't know if you feel this way as i've gotten into teaching a little bit more i wouldn't discount the necessity of learning but to some degree i would say i kind of agree with that i mean if, if you could pass the state tests that's if, all they you know well even that's like if i want to be a football player and i have the chops to be a football player and i have the opportunities to be a football player why would i not pursue that to the fullest not necessarily neglecting other components of like life, like my education or whatever. But I mean, if that's my goal, then I want to do everything that's priority to achieve that. Right. And math zero isn't priority. No. Well, and you could always go back to school to get a degree. The th- I think the thing that that I think the thing that rings true with education is kind of what we talked about at the beginning, where for someone who's headed to the pros in this situation, like in in the movie, it's a fallback that unfortunately is necessary because mm. the second you get injured, you're done. Right. And that happened to one of the characters in the movie. He got his knee screwed up and or his leg broken or something like Alvin that. And, Mack, yeah. yeah, and he was on his line to be like a third round dra- or first round draft pick or something, and his whole world just came crashing down. Same thing happened with Paul Walker and Varsity Blues. Same thing happened with um, Booby Miles and Friday Night Lights. Like, they were all on the way. And right. then, since football is so dangerous, they they just got completely sidetracked and had nothing to do. The first line with between Joe Kane and Christy Swanson was she was working out in the gym. And he's like, why are you here? And she's like, she was working out in jean shorts, if right. I recall. Shorts, yeah. <laughs> um, which... 
Yeah. So then, like, so she's working out, and he's like, you know, I haven't seen you around. She's like, well, this is the only time I can come in when the football team's not in here because uh-huh. she was a tennis player for the college. Right. And uh, he was like, well, without the football team, you wouldn't have this workout room. And that's absolutely correct. Right. And then she challenges him to a game of tennis, and he changes into tennis clothes, and she wears the jorts for mm-hmm. the game. And she beats him. <laughs> she does beat him. She beats well, him. Well, obviously, you're going to yeah. go against a well, tennis yeah, player. Of course, you know? yeah. Um, that's a good point, though, because that's absolutely true. It goes back to the whole chemistry test thing. Like, the football team is the moneymaker, to a lesser mm-hmm. extent, maybe for some schools like the basketball teams. But I don't think we're, like, breaking open any, breaking open, open any new information here. I think that's pretty common knowledge. Like so. but, well, it's so surprising. This movie was 93, mm-hmm. like you said, 25 years later. Mm-hmm. It's the same arguments that is going on. True. You know, like, probably... It's- 25 years before this movie the same stuff was happening i mean it's all just kind of like the the presence of scandals just sort of evolves with the times like scandals back then were a little bit more fundamental i guess like and i I shouldn't say back then like real life like represented in the movie were you know alcoholism and violence and stuff like that now in college football you've got scandals like social media stuff and free tattoos free tattoos all that kind of (laughs) stuff it's a little bit it's just the tentpole notion of a college football scandal is nothing new and i don't think it's going to go away Mm -hmm. at all so we're getting kind of philosophical here we are we're like less plot based (laughs) so yeah let's return to the plot i wanted to talk about latimer because he's my favorite character and that might make me sound terrible but latimer same actor who played zangief in street fighter just fyi (laughs) i know that yeah and um i feel like one day we should try to like do oh do like a line through all of our movies and see if oh i thought you were going to say tweet at him and and get him to follow us oh uh, i'll try okay we probably could write that down right now latimer Starting defense! Place at the table! Looks like Joe's coming around. He should be ready for Saturday. Place at the table! Yeah! 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 I think we ought to tell Coach. Hell no, you don't want to know about this. Yeah! Make sure you tell Latimer that the NCAA will be testing on Saturday. And this was this was a problem I had with the movie was that he was complaining throughout the movie that last year he was too small to play linebacker. Uh And then they said he put on like 30 pounds of muscle and now he's like first string. Even if he was 30 pounds lighter than he was in that movie, he was probably still like a solid 250, something like that. Just a gigantic human being. He was very huge. Like laughably huge. But not like bodybuilder huge where he had veins and stuff popping out all over him. Just like, wow, huge. That guy could move my piano by himself. Right. Thing. And and did they, I mean, not if we're going to jump around again, but I mean like, so the rape scene. Yeah. Was that girl exceptionally small or was he exceptionally huge? That's what I, that I, was, I've had that conversation before and I think it was both because like they, they just wanted to paint him as this monster and they did because he literally picked her up with one hand and threw her across the room. That was... I that was almost hard like that was very hard to watch like a 12 year old Uh me was like oh yeah no he's attacking this girl like 36 year old me was like holy crap yep yep this is it was it's a horrible rape scene the worst part of that well not the worst part but the most the most uh well not even the most uncomfortable the most um I don't know what the word is but the scene where he's sitting on the bed with her and they're just next to each other making out no just like just just the proximity of them like this girl who was probably about five foot maybe like 100 pounds and this guy who was at least like six seven 
250, 300 pounds. Like the, it looked like Beauty and the Beast. And I that's, mean, yeah, and, my and, opening haiku line was Beauty and the Beast. Oh. Latimer is a gigantor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looked like Beauty and the Beast. And so I think they probably did that on purpose to make it just over the top. He puts his hand on her shoulder and his like thumb is on the shoulder and his pinky's on her elbow. Yeah. Like it is horrendous it was just a, a really really um you're right uncomfortable is a good word to i think to back in the day it. like i equated it to the mike tyson robin gibbons because that was like all over the news mm. back in the early 90s good call and i was like man like the, the gigantic man with mm. I, 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 so anyway so that happens and like we said before she's like this the daughter of a booster or the dean or something like that yeah. so they have to suspend latimer they realize that he's on steroids but the thing is, throughout the movie, before this happens, all the assistant coaches and all the, um, even James Kahn, sort of suspect and kind of wink and nod that he's on steroids, but nobody ever bothers to like follow up or test him or anything right. like that. And I think James Kahn at one point even says, you know, guys, we're not doctors. Let's let the NCAA do the testing, which is sort of like a, if they don't catch us, he's not on steroids right. kind of thing. Because he was kicking ass on the field. He was like putting guys in the hospital. Well, and, and that's what all, you know. And that's what they wanted. You want to win. Yeah. So his cartoonishness was, is what appealed to me initially. But then the stuff where he gets into like the part where he says like, you have to do, you do what you have to do to play. And he's really like a kind of a conflicted character. Not super deep, but like he wants to play. Whereas right. like the other guy, Alvin, who's in the position he wants to be in is all natural, all just like a big tough dude. And, you know, eventually at the end, that's why I said there were some ambiguous loose ends because Latimer is left at the end after the last game. He's a senior and he's left like crying on the bench. And, and they say tears of joy. They say tears of joy, but you kind of wonder like, so where does it go from here? I mean, in reality, he would be a first round draft pick. No mm -hmm. problem. I mean, despite the steroids, despite the scandal, we've seen that. You know, he, right. nobody would nobody would bat an eye. But they make you think in the movie that like, oh, what's going to happen to him now? Because he's like tarnished and he's, you know, is he a bad guy? Is he get, what's going to happen to him? So I thought that was kind of interesting the way they did that at the end. And then the la one of the last lines they say, I think, is as the coaches are leaving to go on another recruiting trip, they say, we're going to go check out that big guy who's going to be a replacement for Latimer. Right. So... I don't know why. I just I enjoyed like the because the cycle continues. Yeah, yeah, that was a good way to good way to kind of yeah remind you that there's going to be a next season. <laughs> so Omar Epps too is he's kind of he's an interesting character. One of my favorite parts with Omar Epps is when he's teasing Halle Berry in the library and he tries to like make her believe that he's like from this you know like horrible horrible childhood and stuff like that and he had like an i think an absentee father and things like that but yeah he paints it in a much darker picture a much more like colorful like oh there was a robbery and blah 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 and then he finally like you know realize or he finally admits he's pulling her leg and she goes gee whiz darnell <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like oh come on she delivered it very well though you know like Did she? as halle berry goes you know type of thing like <laughs> How do you line, you know, like that line reading was just, I was like, well, if you're going to have to say gee whiz and hit him. Now you're a bigger in the movie industry guy than I am. Like mm -hmm. if that happened and the script said gee whiz and she was sort of an actor at her level at that time, could she be like, can I say something else? Because this you, doesn't feel natural. What level do you think she's at in this movie? In 1993? Yeah. I mean, she wasn't super big then, right? No. Yeah, so she was like a, I mean, she I was. I think all these, all these kids were just happy to get apart. So yeah, well, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what she did before that, but I mean, she was, you know, a big enough name to have sort of a lead role in the movie. It is super weird knowing, now realizing how many motherfuckers are throughout this movie. Oh, yeah. That she get the G-Wiz line, like Nick Cage from The Rock, you know, like, oh, I'm not the one that swears, you know, so. Right. Well, well, she was. I don't doubt there was, and 
obviously we were not there and we have no idea. I don't doubt there was a conversation about gee whiz. <laughs> it just it, it just it struck me as like, such a it just struck me as such a like head slapping name. Like your your dad is a word. doctor. You're from prim and proper. You would not swear. You know, like but I don't wow, think that was almost a freestyle rap. Your dad is a doctor. You're from prim and proper. <laughs> that was like eight mile shit. You know, there's yeah. a poet inside of me. It's bro rabbit. I'm a poet and I don't don't even know it. it. Oh whatever. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, she um, says she was, but then anyway, anyway, her her story is that she's dating a pre-med, uh, a pre-med who's also on the team, who's also a starting like starting tailback. starting tailback. That's right, <laughs> um, the starting tailback. I know that's why they recruited me. <laughs> awesome. And then Omar Epps comes in and tries to woo her away, and he does. And he does. Um, and there's no like fraternal retaliation, which I would think like well, the rook stole your girl. We're gonna haze him a little bit. They're not from the football players, but from the the player. I think his name was Ray himself. He misses blocks on right. purpose and stuff like that. Douchebag. Which I often wondered, and I I hate to believe it, but I wonder if that kind of stuff actually, and I'm I'm sure it probably does to some degree, happens. Like you know, petty shit that gets in the way, and then. Well, I mean, they did it. Remember the Titans too. No, yeah, but I mean, like in real life, like if if right, I'm, if we're like, on a team and I'm mad at you, do I do I move out of the way for? You know, for a block. Get and, your bell rung. Yeah. They like did that. it on any given Sunday as well. They stopped blocking for Jamie Foxx's quarterback, and then he got sacked. That's right. So I feel like unless all the writers are like, I never played sports, but they did it in this movie, so I'm going to put it in. Like, I feel like it's a good representation. That's kind of why I enjoyed this movie, I think, so much as one of the better football movies is because... On one hand, it's really over the top. On the other hand, it's probably not so far off. I feel like they crammed as much as they could into it. Like the realism of the the characters of the coaches and the players and stuff like that, I feel like that's probably on more of a legitimate level than, say, like Any Given Sunday or... Do you know what other films the director did? No. Major League. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Major League 2. Aha. Unnecessary Roughness. Omar Epps. There's a connection. And his, like, one of his first projects was The Sting with Robert Redford and Paul Newman. So he's got, like, he's got clout. So he does, and it seems like he's got a knack for sports, too. Because even Major League, as a comedy, had elements of realism in it that oh, I, would, yeah. I would not hesitate to argue. That's that's interesting. So Major League 1 and 2, the same, I didn't mm-hmm. know the same guy directed both of them. Yeah, David S. Scott. Interesting. We should tweet at him, David too. S. Ward. Sorry, David S. Scott is on Well, we should tweet at both of them. Okay. Because, yeah, more the better. Let's figure um, out who the Scott guy is. I'm trying to think if there are any other characters that, we, uh, that we've kind of glossed over. I mean... One of the things that... <laughs> One of the things that stood out to me is the white people, the administration, uh-huh. the reporters, anybody that's like a white side character uh-huh. is some of the whitest people <laughs> on the planet. I remember the administration. like So the, um, stodgy. They got like the, oh, yeah, the librarian the, glasses. I remember the... Um, the journalists were like, I know that's, I know that's what you want to say, but uh, <laughs> you know, and I was like, holy oh, crap. Oh, like when they're prepping him for the Heisman campaign? Yeah. Like, we've got this great campaign called Kane is able oh my gosh uh, yeah <laughs> terrible um but then uh, what was i just gonna say oh the um when cowboy without a hat is at his hearing for being expelled mm-hmm. the whoever's in charge of it the dean or whatever he's yep. like well i played football and i never cheated right. <laughs> you're just like fuck you there's yeah there's always like and that's the funny thing is like there are those moral characters yeah. like uh Halle and, Berry's father who's like and they're painted to be, yeah my oh, placement yeah. test in my helmet to let me know that education it was like okay, and they're bro. all such <laughs> assholes that's why like the flawed characters in this movie stand out as likable because all the moral 
and like pious characters are such douches. Right. Like the most honest character probably in this is Joe Kane's father, who's on the porch. It's like, nope, not coming to the game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm true. a drunk asshole. You don't want me at your parties. You that know? was something that like on one hand, you kind of wanted to see more of the like the background there. But on the other hand, they explain just enough to kind of give you a pretty clear picture. It's like he mentions that his his father and all of his brothers are drunks and, and losers and stuff. So they like that's his destiny. And from there, that's pretty much a I mean, that's a decent enough backstory. Well, when they talk about like, you know, good filmmaking and whatnot, every scene is powerful and one scene can paint a whole story. Uh-huh. And I think when Joe Kane is home for the holidays and his father gets up and hangs a beer, beer can, can from the, the Christmas yeah. tree, you're like, that's all I need to know from this fan. You know, like that's where he comes from. Yep. And he's got a he's got a high road to climb to try and get out of it. Yeah, which is And I always thought that they li- they were in Cleveland when I was twelve years old and I didn't understand like Why? not everything was Cleveland. Because oh, oh, when oh. you're you you're a kid, like your world is, you know, down to the end of the block. Right. And it slowly gets bigger. Well, watching this movie when I was twelve, their house is in the yard of a factory. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I remember Which that. Totally it was like a like... really weird house. It was like there was a factory on the left, on the right, in front of and behind, and then there was this house in the middle. Yeah, hopefully it worked there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, that would be convenient. But yeah, hopefully it worked at least one of those factories. <laughs> right. So Although, yeah, I know what otherwise. you're saying though. That was the beer can on the Christmas tree. You're right. That was a pretty unique scene where you just got a feel for, if not like the complete backstory, just the vibe of the family and, yeah. and where they were at. Well, so, and it's yeah. funny, you know, like because at the end of when they don't make the bowl at the beginning of the film they're all sitting around depressing he's like i guess we're home for the holidays and usually oh yeah that's the beginning of a holiday movie and you know sleigh bells ring start playing yep and this one is you see how depressed they are to be to be home and alvin matt gives his mom a door knocker (laughs) says i will buy you the house that goes with this that alvin mack is another one of the characters that he's the one who he's the like the starting linebacker um and he breaks his leg and his career is just ruined and over mm. did you think you saw the bone back i don't remember the, i always thought you saw the bone and you don't his legs just twisted oh on really the field. yeah well i remember the um alvin mack is cleveland born and raised by the way the, the actor the actor oh yeah. nice so yeah he breaks his leg and Basically, his career is over, and by extension, his life is over. Because at the end, you see him—you see him in two scenes. He's he's at home listening to the radio, <laughs> uh-huh. and he's like commentating the game to himself. He's like, "Kill them all. Let the paramedics sort them out." Right. It's a great line. Which that's a good juxtaposition, juxtaposed scene is he's sitting in the library and the guy, his tutor is like, I read you this book or this chapter yesterday. Can you tell me who fought in this battle? And he was like, Detroit and Buffalo or whatever. <laughs> and he's obviously not paying attention to his studies. They flip right to film room with James Conn being oh, like, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. read these plays. You Alvin, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. This is Mississippi State's offensive set. Second and two on our own 24. What defensive set might we call? Eagle Zipper Hero, unless the setback shifts into the eye. Good. Third and seven. Okie Thunder Lion. What's your assignment? Kill the quarterback. Hit the tight end so hard his girlfriend dies. Kill everybody. There you go. And he knows every single play. And it See, just that's shows, the like, thing. The that's like, honestly, as I'm going through grad school classes, we learn about multiple intelligences. And like, you know, why hate on a kid who knows how to read football plays better than he knows how to read history or chapter right. books or whatever? What are the multiple intelligences? <clears throat> there are seven. Um, Ooh, I'm super curious. I don't know if the audience is, but I'm kinesthetic. Totally. Uh, Visual, spatial, linguistic, musical, mathematic, or logistic, intra, and interpersonal. Yeah. I know mathematical and musical. (laughs) 
So, I mean, if you want to really get off track, you could say that he was a bodily kinesthetic learner Jesus. because he knew, I mean, that's what, that's what he knew. He okay. knew, he knew how to recognize patterns in that sense of like where the offense is going to line up and all this stuff. And that's what, that goes back to what I was saying before about, you know, like that's his talent. Why not? encourage that not necessarily at the expense of an education but why not recognize the fact that like this is what this kid is born to do is passionate about we should celebrate that well that's what the asian uh, not all asian countries do but like china as soon as you show proclivity for something they take you out of school and say this is what you're going to focus on really yeah that's great and that's why you know the experts are experts because there's no high school there's you know for Mm -hmm. them like if you're a gymnast and you're going to be a great gymnast then you're that's all you focus on yep same thing with like I know my wife is in the golf industry and the Koreans in the golf industry. That was so like, weird to hear you say my wife. I know, right? Wow. Go on. <laughs> and I would like, I twiddled the wedding ring as I did it. But yeah, so the Koreans in, in the golf industry, if you show that you're really good at golf, that's all you're going to do. And then mm-hmm. they come over here and they can win everything because yeah. we folk, we tell people they have to learn calculus. Mm-hmm. When they're going to swing a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, like I, I think as you get older, you kind of have a bigger desire to acquire knowledge. Like I didn't really care about watching documentaries or Discovery Channel or things like that, reading reading nonfiction books when I was in high school or even, you know, early college. But like just as you grow older, you get more interested in, in, in rounding yourself out. Right. So it's like if you've got the means and you've got the talent when you're young to pursue something as fulfilling as whatever your passion is, then yeah, that's what you should do. Did we just film a PSA? I feel like, are we in agreement that maybe we should redo the whole American education system to... <laughs> to more reflect the program? I'm lost. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, to, um, but no like, I mean... Just to, if, if a kid shows that he is passionate about something and he's really good at something, we should kind of... Encourage that. Encourage that. I would agree him, with that, you know, 100%. Like, if, you're like, if you're a kid who's dynamite in science then maybe we should just kind of let everything else fall by the wayside that is not too important and let him focus on science. I mean, I wouldn't, I, would, I don't know if I'd agree with fall by the wayside, but definitely not place as much importance on it. Right. You know, I mean, let's, let's. What did Albert Einstein fail at? I don't know. Like, I don't know. There's like all math kind of everything. Like I don't know. Like... Bill Gates dropped out of college and lived in his garage. I don't know. Everybody <laughs> says all that shit. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, whatever. Let's get back on track. Yeah, so so football <laughs> program, steroids, war, um, war paint. I do want to talk about Joe Kane's courting of Christy Swanson. Okay, let's do and, that. And maybe this isn't, maybe this is just jealousy or whatnot. But Joe Kane, so he's like, let's play a game. And she goes, fine, let's play tennis. Okay. They go out and play tennis. She crushes him. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, that's not fair. Let me play something that I'm good at. And of course, you immediately go, he's going to take her on the football field mm-hmm. and just crush her, you mm-hmm. know, type of thing. But she goes, let me think about it. And he calls her at 3 a.m. And it's like, if you haven't thought of anything, let's go out. I thought that was kind of cool that he called her at 3 a.m. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the essence of not giving a fuck. But everything that Joe Kane does should not work. That's at true. all. That's uh, so true. he go. He shows up on a motorcycle and she goes, I promised my dad I would never get on one of those. And he's like, well, let's go. And she goes, okay, no cowboy stuff. Gives her a helmet. Does complete cowboy stuff. He Total takes her to like stuff. a landfill. Total cowboy stuff. <laughs> to which she's already like, you're kidnapping me. Like, this is not a road. She's already freaked out. And then he, he, he does evil Knievel type stuff and ramps a ravine and then almost flies them over a cliff to which she's petrified. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely petrified. And then he just makes a joke that her screams woke up all the dogs in the neighborhood and she goes and has a beer with them and it's kind of like holy crap that's a good point (laughs) 
I never thought of it like that. And as this relationship progresses, he's like standing in front of trains in front of her to the point where she's almost in tears. Like he just keeps scaring her to the point. Maybe she's what people refer to as a fixer. Maybe she she breaks my heart. Maybe she thinks she can fix Joe. She's an enabler. She's she's kind of an enabler, but also a fixer. Did they ever say what year she was in this movie? No, I kind of just thought Junior. Junior, okay. Because he is. Because, yeah, um, you're absolutely right when you say that nothing he does should have worked. But, I mean... His hairstyle. Yeah. His that, leather. I mean, that's the least of our worries is the... the oh, yeah, the leather, the hair helmet, the... His sunglasses almost look like he's going tanning. I don't remember this. Oh, yeah, I do remember the sunglasses. That's right. Because they look so tiny under his hair. His <laughs> giant hair. And um, Very tiny sunglasses. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've never thought of that dynamic of the movie, but you're 100% right. He So even, like, so as I'm paying attention to that relationship, when Omar Epps goes on to his, his uh, yeah, my father was was shot during during a robbery and mm-hmm. da, da, da da like i'm like why is everyone deceitful to get a girl in this film <laughs> and True, then his I mean, is his, a little his, bit more his is lighthearted because he goes yeah. and then gee whiz yeah yeah because she went out to get me some root beer and, gee whiz darnell <laughs> gee whiz darnell um but yeah you're right i think omar apps definitely has more like i don't want to say noble intentions but he's more kind of straight and narrow as opposed to like joe kane who's being true to himself but is just kind of a bad person well he's one of those dangerous folk that dangerous person um, that he's so he's so self-destructive that he could take somebody down with you know like they could have flown off that ravine they absolutely could have yeah flown off flown off flown (laughs) off that ravine um and then at the end though and this is kind of a little bit of a tidy resolution he basically stops being an alcoholic switches to sprite and then um six pack of six pack of sprite and, Which I was uh, going to bring today. Just oh, that would have been awesome. I didn't even think of that. That would have been awesome. And then she um, goes out with him, and you assume they kind of live happily ever after. That part of it was almost a little too neat and tidy for me. Because oh, yeah. knowing what I know about alcoholism and diseases like that, addiction and even mental illness, like, oh, okay, he's better now. That's kind of like a... Well, they, that's and then they just ended works. the movie. Yeah. I but, mean, I get that it's a movie and they have to, you know, compress it all into two hours, but... Do we think they lived happily ever? <laughs> that's a good point. I don't necessarily know that they live happily ever after. I think that's what the filmmakers wanted you to think. But given the history of, of Joe Kane, I, I imagine that there were a few bumps in the road. You know what's a character that we forgot that yeah. everybody does that I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast does not know? Scott Sherman. Scott Sherman. Poor Scott Sherman is the guy that Halle Berry was supposed to tutor. And his only role is to look big and dumb sitting at that table with his new tutor. When Omar Epps comes in and goes, he's like, oh, no, you're, you're going to tutor me. I got the coach to switch us up because there's poor Scott Sherman over there who's just this big, dumb, fat, pork rind eating motherfucker. <laughs> they focus on they focus on this actor who's just sitting there and i'm like oh poor scott sherman so then i started tracking poor scott sherman right and been yeah, like the actor or okay. yeah the extra or whatever because right. he doesn't really have a role and i was like i hope this guy gets some retribution for just sitting there and being called a pork grind eating motherfucker he is the one to knock the football out of omar epps's hand in class so he forces the fumble uh-huh and so poor scott sherman he gets his comeuppance and I just want to point that out. That, That's right. That there's another hero in the story. Scott Sherman is the hero we didn't know we needed. Right. Wow. Okay. I'm going to have to keep an eye out for that next time. Because I remember, I don't remember so much the tutor scene, but I remember the football knocking out of the football of his hand. Mm. That's yeah, um the same guy. Interesting. All right. So Scott Sherman gets his retribution. <laughs> um, I'm glad you wrote a note about that too. Right. That's, uh, oh, that's, that's pork, dedication. Pork rind eating practice squad member. 
Oh, so you added in the motherfucker? I did. Okay, the motherfucker that's all right. was mine. That's all right. I, there's so many in this film that you, What's it was one a good more? guess. The angles of Joe Kane's dorm room freaked mm-hmm. me out a little bit because they were all, it was all diagonal. It was very um, mental institution. It was mental institution. And I think that was probably intentional. Like his TV was almost on his bed. <laughs> Yeah, and his bed was, was against was, some was weird wall. It deals with concussions because Joe Kane gets a concussion and then he gets out of the game and then the coach is like, can you go back in? He's like, yeah, it's just a little headache. It's just a little headache. Yeah, that's right. No pay they deal with. College kids. Oh, yeah, fries. yeah, yeah, that's right. He, he said, uh, Alvin Mack, like, it, what happens? One of the boosters slips Omar Epps like $100 or something or $50. and $50. He, yeah, $50. And he in goes an he goes to Alvin Mack and he says, this, this old guy just gave me $50. And Alvin Mack's like, I'll hold on to that until you know what to do with it and so yeah they're, they 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 gloss right over that too but that's definitely a um definitely present in the movie i forgot about that that's Man. that's a good point that's another reason this movie seems like pretty legit in like terms they just of, throw everything in there they really do a couple things just go over real quick can you flush syringes i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you asked that question because i don't think so um and i remember thinking that even the first time i watched the movie like that's gonna end up in the pipe you're gonna have to get that out somehow <laughs> so yeah i'm glad you mentioned that i was so interested when he started flushing the syringe and i was like oh we're we gonna see them go down and nope he just walks away from the toilet i was like yeah you might have to go back there yeah you might want to double check that um if anybody is gonna watch this movie look at the crowds is that green screen it I, is a, uh, like the crowds look super real in this so i don't I, I wonder just how they did it i don't know back in the day what would make you think they didn't film at an actual stadium because there's so many people oh you know and then james Kahn's speech you know how they all have the the coach has a speech for the yep. quarterback before he goes and wins yep. the game his speech is like it just what just go it? out and throw it okay when- what do you think Go for the three the goddamn ball. Right. right, right motion. Tail slant. Get a man, Joe. <laughs> His speed, was Please. it to the whole team or to no, Joe? No, just, to, just right. to Joe. He's like, you know, forget all this stuff. Yeah. Just forget it. Just go have fun. It's a, just, 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 why don't you just go throw it in the end zone? You know, like, type of thing. And I was like, and Joe's like, yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea, boss. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, that was right. probably like, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to give one knock on the movie, it's that James Conn's, he's a great character in this movie. His voice, he goes up in inflection pretty much. So he's just like this weaselly coach guy. Uh-huh. Um, so that speech comes off as this, hey, hey, hey Joe, old guy, go <laughs> hey, throw the football hey, real kid. good. Yeah. Uh, you're right. for, for your old man reviews okay yeah real quick okay so wait i want you to know something right yes. now i'm sitting through a tremendous cramp in my left thigh and it hurts so fucking bad eh. ah, i'm just waiting for it to go away continue just just get through continue, it continue just continue get through it. i'm just gonna throw it continue <laughs> continue continue okay so the reviews uh one of the big reviews on this is one big cliche disagree disagree one guy said prepare to be inundated by a feeble unimaginative material that's almost impossible to take seriously disagree i think you have to take it seriously i mean yeah i don't know why i mean again the movie itself is sort of just cartoony and in the overall sense but the stuff it presents is i would think 100 percent legit you know what i think it does super well that i don't think many football movies do Hmm. it shows the shows the offensive line versus defensive line battle that happens on every play in the team in like the the trenches yeah or oh oh, just saying like yeah 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 Uh uh one versus one Right, 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 right. Because it's not... 
it's not the sexiest position in the sport. No. You know, like the offensive lineman, the fact that Joe Thomas was ours and we celebrated him, he's probably going to get a statue mm-hmm. where like most people, like a lot of non-sports fans knew Joe Thomas's name in the Browns. But most, you know, non-sports fans can name an offensive lineman on their right. team. That was like the, because um, uh, in concussion, the player, Mike Webster, who the beginning is built around, who kills himself, mm-hmm. he was the center. So that's like, and they keep saying like he gets, um, I forget what the character said, but Will Smith's character said like he's gone through 70,000 direct hits to the head in his right. life or something like well, that. Well, they say, the, what, I don't know where I heard this from, but they're like, it's like every time they say hut, you're running into a wall at 40 miles per hour, you know, like because oh, I'm sure, you're just yeah. knocking against each other. I'll get to one last review, but before that, there's a quote that I wrote down because Mac obviously is the shit talker mm-hmm. of the movie and he likes to just shit talk the people. I feel like I know line. which one you're going to say. He's talking about like, you fucked my mother or something like that. Yeah. And the guy's response is, shut up, man. You know, I don't know your mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was sis- I thought it was his sister. Was no, this sister? one was something about the mom. And then that's when he, he goes on to a random and he ends it with, I'm going to bust your gut and want you to die. Doesn't but he's he just say, something like, um, you're the guy that left my mom. No, no, no. Yeah. Shut up, man. You know, I don't know your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he say too, like, you're the one who got my sister pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. There's all the- <laughs> We haven't seen you for a while. <laughs> that's great. Um, What's the last review? The last review is, I'm going to publicly, personally, apologize right now it's posthumous he's gone okay but roger ebert liked this movie ah gave it three out of four stars and why are you apologizing because i think i i I said he was a pervert on one of our previous episodes you can still be a pervert and i guess he can agreeable movie reviews but i'm gonna go through all of our movies because for the the past three ones he has (laughs) he's been like the resounding no this is actually a good movie and he said this movie needs to be viewed because it it shows the underhanded world of college football sports and was like it it definitely shows how easy it is for a player to take steroids and how people will cover it up agreed so roger ebert i think might be a critic that i will follow is he really a pervert or we just call him a pervert it seemed like i think he was one of those old white men with the 20 year old wives and well then, i mean you can still be a pervert and give good movie reviews that is true but it, i when growing up i always thought i mean oh if there's a sex scene in the movie roger ebert is all for it so that's all you need to do is oh, put okay. flash tna and he goes well that's art but maybe yeah. I am completely wrong, and I want to say back on the fence, and I'm going to have to do some more research on the topic because he is like the hunchback, mm-hmm. he has liked virtuosity, mm-hmm. and he has liked the program. Okay, so we're gonna well, I'm going to dive in. Okay, well, many apologies to the corpse of Roger Ebert, I guess. Okay, corpse man is such like a, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a pretty <laughs> such me. a final term. <laughs> it's a, well, it's, well, I mean it's a brutal word, but I mean it's to the body to its description that was laid in the ground. Right? Was it laid? Or lane, lane. Or I set, don't know. Great, set in the ground. Great, great. Because now to it's end. just a thing. Great place to end. <laughs> right. Yeah. True. It is just a thing now. You white boy riding my brother out, send him to jail. Get that fucking money, you up. Let the blood do the time. You little bastard. Gonna you my brother's thing to sell me. I'm gonna make you pay. You hear me, Bob? I'm gonna make you mouth sell me. All right. There's a Facebook page in the works. I know oh, really? you're not on, yeah, but one of our mutual friends, 
he has a podcast and, yeah. he, and he was directing people to his Facebook page. I okay. was like, we need a Facebook page. Okay. So I'm, I'm working on it. Awesome. I don't know how to make it cool. What a pleasant surprise. Right? Yeah. That's, that's. I mean, I haven't been on Facebook now for probably about five months, so maybe maybe that warrants a return. Happy November 15th. Happy November 15th. <laughs> and yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Second Chance Cinema, and we will definitely see you back here next time. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy life. All right. Thanks for listening. Second Chance Cinema. It wasn't that bad. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah, the program. What do we have to say about the program? One, two, three. It It wasn't wasn't that bad. bad. I totally forgot. All right, we'll see you later. (laughs) The program was produced by Touchstone Pictures and the Samuel Goldman Company. It was distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. Second Chance Cinema is a fan of the film and urges you to check it out. Closing credits music is from the film soundtrack, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. Thank you for listening to this episode of Second Chance Cinema. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or would like to recommend a movie for a future show, you can reach us at 2ndchancecinema at gmail.com. We have a Second Chance Cinema Facebook group. You can find us on Twitter at MCNSpro, or check us out on Instagram at 2ndchancecinema. To help our little show out, please tell your friends about us. Leave a review wherever you listen, and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to, as those simple steps makes us much more visible in the universe, which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible and isn't that really the whole point now go on and have a beautiful day you wonderful person you and if you're trying to get rid of your syringes because the ncaa is at your door remember they don't flush enjoy your day yeah,